The Hurling Pod on OTB Sports. I know you listened to James Cahill's podcast with Will Darren Hall. They asked James who was going to win. He said Galway. Well, why do you think? Because I just really, really want him to win. <laughs> Subscribe to the GA podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. News talk weather. Thanks to Ryanair. Tiger may not win at St Andrews, but you can with Ryanair's low fares to Edinburgh. Remaining dry in many areas for the rest of the evening with some late sunny spells. Lowest overnight temperatures of 8 to 12 degrees. And now you're up to date on News Talk. The News Round. Off the ball. With Gillette. For an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. And you are very welcome along to Tuesday Night's Off the Ball. It's Richie McCormick here with you right through until 10pm tonight. And on tonight's show, as Cork get ready to appoint a new senior hurling manager, we'll get the lay of the land at the Rebel County from Dennis Walsh. We'll preview the Women's Euros, which get underway tomorrow evening at Old Trafford, and the unique story of Wally Green. You're going to want to stick around for this one, who went from being a gang, gang member who owned six guns by the age of 13 to finding salvation in the world of table tennis. It's a truly amazing story, and it's on the way for you a little bit later on. Plus, the latest from Tallis Stadium where Shamrock Rovers begin their Champions League odyssey and we might have to throw in some transfer news from Downing Street as well which seems to be ablaze Fabrizio Romano it will be on the scene I'm sure by the end of this evening if you want to get in contact you can do 53106 for 30 cent is the text number you can tweet us at off the ball joined in studio for the news round by Arthur O'Dee to my left Arthur good evening Richie how are you and uh, Colin Mulaney as well he's bringing us the uh, news round too Arthur or Cole Uh, it's been just a mad few uh, minutes we've kind of tried to concentrate on sports but you end up getting you know washed up in what becomes the sporting nature of stuff like what's going on over in Downing Street you start to think about it in those terms as what regards who's going to go next what, what transfers need to happen for the <laughs> team to click into gear etc etc so what's this what's this likeable hooks this has been coming for a while they're yeah. essentially the Tories are Manchester United oh <laughs> <laughs> when did he lose the dressing room is the question well, I think how long can you go back there's, there's a suggestion that that's, that's gone just like somebody's after putting up the, the Rishi Sunak statement and uh, yeah god it, it, it's just mad it's just What's mad. It's basically, he want, he, there are certain standards that he expects oh. as regards being as part of the uh, the cabinet over in the UK. Quite how they were met over the course of the last three years, I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> but Sunak has decided that uh, this latest Farago is his reason to his reason to go. Um, it's as I say, mad. If there's any further updates, any major updates, if Johnson quits during the course of the next three hours, uh, we'll try and bring it to you here tonight. But yeah, we'll try and cover all angles sporting uh, as best we can as well tonight and bringing the updates uh, from Tallis Stadium. Shamrock Rovers going up against Hibernians, the Maltese ones that is, uh, in the first qualifying round of the Champions League. Ashton O'Reilly uh, will be there with us shortly. But as we touched on United, because, you know, we'll get to it in Carl's news round uh, script eventually. Um, but the Cristiano Ronaldo story is rumbling and rumbling and rumbling and there are all these conflicting stories uh, of course across the uh, the day so far today as regards Ronaldo standing at United because he's looked like he's going to go like I think that's the received wisdom is that this summer it'll be the, the, the summer he calls it quits and decides to to walk away because he's not come back to pre-season training just yet he's, he's hanging out at the Portuguese national training camp in Lisbon he's citing family reasons for not coming back uh, Miguel Delaney had a piece in the English Independent today basically pointing out that teams get worse when Ronaldo is in the side 
so they score fewer goals and you know Miguel had the stats to back this up uh, year on year as regards when he's there regardless of his goals uh, they have fewer points accrued uh, happened at Juventus happened at Manchester United uh, year on year when he's there and then you see stuff like what ESPN tweeted out saying since Cristiano Ronaldo rejoined Manchester United they haven't won a game in which he's not been involved <laughs> So what do you go with here? <laughs> like you can see the dilemma that a lot of United fans will find themselves in going, on one hand, he's Cristiano Ronaldo and he's scoring goals. And on the other, they're objectively worse when he's there. But they can clearly still be worse when he's not playing. So what side of the coin do you land on, Arthur? Well, me, I'd cut him loose. I'll cut him loose. Yeah? It's just it's nothing but bad news there, Richie. It's nothing... Um no, there's no, there's no redeeming argument or anything. There's no redeeming thing. I don't think at all for keeping him. Yeah, but even though there was this news that you know Ten Hag wanted to build his attack around him for next season, he does, season. yeah, <laughs> he does, yeah. Do you think that was spoof. <laughs> yeah, no, I think if he's coming in somewhere else and Ronaldo was on the market, he'd be, oh, he'd be straight in there lapping up. Not a chance. Like, like this is uh, there was a there was a tweet that went around last night saying that uh, both Cristiano Ronaldo and Neymar have been shopped as potential recruits to Chelsea now the subtext to that is tell me you think Todd Bowley is a rube without saying Todd Bowley is a rube because why you would want to invite either of those presences into your dressing room is a major question mark hanging over any kind of management team oh man that'd be fantastic I mean that'd be oh god here's the old or what's the meet the new boss same as the old boss yeah. <laughs> just like that's Mark Chelsea let's get the ball rolling <laughs> let's here. get it going because clearly that's going to work out well for everybody involved good grief but like there is this weird now stratical of footballers who exist in their own universes and these two lads would have their own uh, mon- uh, kind of entourages around them they would have their own auras around them they have most importantly I think a specific pay level of which nobody else can match mm. and if they're performing that's grand and if they're happy that's grand uh, if they're not happy and they're not performing and they're suddenly of no use to the team in which they find themselves nobody else can afford them and they enter into this weird limbo where like who wants to take on a Neymar who wants to take on a Cristiano Ronaldo which seems on surface level to be a mental question to be asking because of course you'd want some of the notional best players in the world but again can you afford them and do you actually want them and then you've got to consider the I suppose the economic impact of bringing in a Cristiano Ronaldo to certain sure. clubs where there's a financial incentive in terms of jersey sales and stuff like that and the profile that it would add. Did Cristiano Ronaldo perform at Manchester United? I think he did overall. And you mentioned the stat about winning games when he was in the side. But then you've got to tally that with the damage that it does to the dressing room beyond that as well. And, you know, I would go along with, I think Randnick suggested in January, didn't he, that they cut him yeah. loose at that stage. I mean, in hindsight, that looks like a pretty good idea and would have been one of the better decisions that Manchester United would have made. <laughs> yeah, look, and Joe was here last years. night saying Randnick's whole thing was a disaster. They didn't listen to Ralph. That no, the problem. they didn't. Nobody listened to Ralph. <laughs> the, the team didn't listen to what he wanted to you know, put out on the pitch. Yeah. And the, you you know, hierarchy at the club that listened to him <laughs> when he suggested get this lad out get him out just, now he's trouble I just love he's doing that in January he was only in the club back in yeah. the club about four months but I think <laughs> that's a mistake you could look <laughs> yeah, at rid. Randnick's post-match interviews from a certain stage in the season where there was just nearly an air of indifference from him <laughs> when I think he realised that actually nobody's <laughs> listening to me here there is nothing beyond the end of the season 
and it was just an air of indifference I thought from Rania from a very early stage Listen we've all had sub teachers like that <laughs> and I'm sure to be honest with you there's probably a certain cohort of people listening tonight who may have been in you know the upper reaches of secondary school who had a teacher who was out on a Covid break and everybody knew that there was no way that they were going to listen to this character who's at the top of the class now because what's the point he's going to be gone in two weeks time and sim- there's the same vibe about Ragnick being there Yeah John Giles called her from day one the interim coaches don't work. They just they don't they, work. They absolutely do not work. Uh, yeah. So five three one zero six. We've pointed out the facts as regards Cristiano Ronaldo as they lie. Uh, they haven't won a game in which he's not been involved. But objectively, according to Miguel Delaney, he's made them worse. Have your head around that. <laughs> that's that's. I think that's where people struggle with the Ronaldo thing because like in sheer metrics, like it works. But, but there's just there's no there's no progression with us. There's no. Yeah, if you're looking for a long-term project, you can't just have him there for a year and causing the trouble that he might cause in the dressing room and the divides. When you're trying to build something that's longer term and stable and built on decent foundations. Well, you know what? This plays into something that Dennis Walsh will raise later when we talk to him about the, the core curling scenario. And even us talking about this is like, I don't want to, to turn off immediately, but it's pointless talking about it because there are so many data pieces that go into sport at the moment that surface level analysis and people kind of just you know pub talking essentially is not necessarily damaging it it can be a little bit I guess but it's also it doesn't even scratch the surface of what modern coaching teams are looking at this thing of oh he's not trying hard enough Mm. it's like well I've got these screeds of data that suggest Mm. he is Um, it's a very difficult thing to actually accurately analyse sport in any meaningful sense now because the metrics that go into it at the other, other side of it are so deep and so thorough that we will never have access to them and we'll never know the true goings on of a player at a club or a player within a county setup because we just can't see all the data that's in front of us and this stuff does matter. Yeah, it does. And the one thing you can't measure is morale and the togetherness of a team and so on and so forth. So I look forward to metrics on that. But it's, it's, it's interesting that... Uh, <laughs> Makes meaningful metrics on the data. <laughs> uh, it's, it's interesting that the data as well, the way it's evolved and stuff like that. But I mean togetherness and morale and a decent attitude you would think are the basis of everything and then beyond that you can look at your your fancy stats you're <laughs> old school oh you my are. god yeah. you're like Ron Atkinson when he was like giving out to Richard Keyes you could play with your fancy computers and all your data and all that it doesn't mean a goddamn thing <laughs> There you go, Colin Mulaney. Old school, I think is what we call him tonight. Fight Road of Six, tweet us at Off the Ball. Uh, the news round brought to you, as always, uh, with thanks to Gillette. Um, where are we starting tonight, Cole? Well, let's start with uh, hockey today, Richie Arlott. Ah, yeah, let's start off with disappointing news, <laughs> we? Let's, like, get off on a bum note. Talking about Ronaldo being rubbish and also brilliant at the same time. And well, we should get rid of him, and dad is crap. Ireland suffered a second successive defeat in Poulet at the Women's Hockey World Cup. They lost 1-0 to Chile this afternoon in Amstelveen. The winners are the lowest-ranked side in the tournament Ireland played Germany tomorrow in a game they must win now to have any hopes of progression from the group so yeah basically know. they have resigned in support of Rishi Sunak and uh, the others in the Tory government at the moment but yeah we were watching this outside earlier on um, it was I think somebody drew the uh, comparison of Ireland versus Egypt uh, at 
early 90s regards it was a nil-nil right up until he mentioned kind of deep into the fourth quarter and Chile struck and Ireland really had no way back from them because Chile were so resolute and determined it's just to get at least a draw out of this game but leaves Ireland in a, in a position whereby Germany who I think are ranked fifth in, in the world mm. uh, Ireland need to get a result from them um, they need to just essentially finish third out of four in the group and they'll get into the knockout phase the crossovers I guess as it's called so big big game uh, on the horizon for um, Ireland tomorrow against Germany in Amstelveen where those uh, where those uh, group games are taking place at least from an Irish perspective but as we mentioned a massive game in terms of Champions League qualifying for Rovers tonight That's right Shamrock Rovers beginning their Champions League qualifying campaign this evening they take on the Maltese side Hibernians at Tala Stadium that's in the first leg of their first round qualifier Kickoff for that game is at half past seven the Shamrock Rovers team is in Alamana starts in goal Sean Hoare Roberto Lopez and Lee Grace in the back three Ronan Finn and Andy Lyons providing the width Gary O'Neill and Chris McCann in the middle of the park with Aaron Green to and Watts and Rory Gaffney the attacking options Yeah their preparations for this let's be honest uh, not helped by the impending departure of Danny Mandrew to uh, to Lincoln City that move still to be confirmed as keeping refreshing the wearetheimps.com website today which is the Lincoln <laughs> City website still no official word from them uh, but yeah no Jack Burns mentioned out injured no Danny Mandrew obviously is on his way out uh, but Rovers clearly have the, the strength and depth Arthur to, to deal with it you know, test like tonight well that seems to be and that was the certainly the kind of case that when Dan McDonald and Johnny were on last night talking about it as well that it was kind of seemed a little bit of an inevitability um, and I think that kind of keeps them one way or another is it if they get through this that they're in Europe of some form or other until the end of August pretty much Something yeah like that, between that the falling down the different grades yeah and yeah, yeah it can happen that's that's guaranteed cash they'll make up for just getting 30 grand for, for Danny Mandrew which is um it's interesting. Like I, I don't know what you made last year of the. I presume you weren't watching too much of the Conference League. Say it goes that way if they go with that, and that's kind of what it is. But I, um, I imagine that would. I mean, I don't know when it, 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 balancing that off. So say they got that far, say they're in a group stage of that. Yeah. I wonder what kind of strain that would put on them. Because obviously it'll come at a different sort of part of the year, and I know that with the group stages that it kind of almost tail. It's kind of hitting its tail off as the season's kind sure. of ending. But I, like, is that going to be worth it financially? Is that going to have the same financial boost to say? I think even if you get to the group stages of the Conference League, I think for any Irish club, it's not just the Shamrock Rovers thing, any Irish club getting to you know, getting that level of exposure, getting six European outings guaranteed in the autumn, that's like that's major, and and that's the level that Irish teams are going to have to aspire to now because the Champions League route is obviously fairly narrow the Europa League has become that now as well with the um, I guess the, the the Conference League coming on stream this is where you're going to be and you can't I don't think you can complain <laughs> if it's a nice position to be in to be like you know in the group stages of the Conference League and you know juggling your league form uh, possibly in, in the latter stages like and, and if it's Shamrock Rovers it's Shamrock Rovers <laughs> you know what I mean they, they have the depth to deal with it they have the cash to deal with it and like getting through these rounds and 30 grand for Danny Mandroy is just another ivory back scratcher for them <laughs> they're going to be alright like you know uh, I think I, yeah they'll be, they'll be fine and so you're wishing them all the best <laughs> absolutely 100% wish the Shamrock Rovers all the very best tonight uh, against the Bernians half 7 kickoff. we'll uh, try and get over to Ashley O'Reilly who's there at Tallis Stadium for us uh, across the night tonight call
Yeah, and we'll uh, other action this evening as well. Irish League champions Linfield are in Wales. They're playing TNS. That game kicked off at seven o'clock, and in the Conference League, Larne are away to St Joseph's of Gibraltar. That game kicked off at six. Both of those games uh, remain goalless. Uh, in tennis news today, it's been reported that uh, Nick Kyrgios has been charged with common assault in Australia. The 27-year-old is, of course, competing at Wimbledon at the moment. He'll play in the quarterfinals tomorrow. It's understood he's due to appear in court in. Uh, Cranbourne next month with local media alleging it relates to an incident from last December. Kyrgios' legal team today issued a statement describing headlines that he has been charged as inaccurate. They wrote that the allegations are not considered as fact by the court and Mr Kyrgios is not considered charged with an offence until he appears in court. Yeah, on courts at the moment, uh, Cam Norrie is currently serving for a place in the semi-finals. He has been put to the pin of his collar uh, by Davy Goffin, the Belgian at the moment, but it is 6-5 to Norrie in the decision said he was 30 love up uh, Goffin has just leveled this one at 30 all uh, we'll keep you abreast of that one as it goes on but Djokovic we thought he was down he remains on course Richie to win a fourth consecutive Wimbledon tennis, tennis title but he was given a huge scare by Yannick Sinner in the quarterfinals earlier today the defending champion had to come from two sets down to beat the Italian on centre court it was uh, quite a match because we were watching this in the office as well, Where, yeah. and the crowd was against Djokovic. He was two sets down. Uh, everything looked in Sinner's favour, but he somehow pulled it out of the bag. I think I heard the stat afterwards that this is the seventh time in his career this has happened, seventh or eighth. Yeah. And I feel like I've seen every single one of them, <laughs> where Djokovic at a Grand Slam is two sets to love down, yeah. and like is moping about the back of the court, looking like the George Michael Bluth kind of meme from Arrested Development. And you think, oh, woe is me. This is him gone now. That'll be him done on Yannick Sinner goes to the semi-finals and wouldn't you know it like Lazarus himself <laughs> Djokovic rises and gets through to the semi-finals and suddenly looks like he's unbeatable again there was that sense of inevitability around the office I mean, between a few of you that were kind of this well here it is it's like oh there he goes again lost the second one well <laughs> it's like it's strap in <laughs> it's almost like that guy who's like keeps telling the same kind of joke over and over again it's like oh, go on get to the punchline I, <laughs> yeah, I love this one it's great yeah oh, you're two sets loved out are you nudge nudge wink wink and he'll come back and uh, essentially in those last three sets he blew him away especially in the, in, the, in the fourth I mean that was just ridiculous stuff and you wonder why it kind of takes him so long mm. in matches like that to wake up mm. and uh, I guess it's just par for the course for these that's guys that's what I can understand like because like, that's not that, 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 look it's not it's not contrived I suppose on his part you're not saying he's doing it on purpose but it is kind of odd that you could have that. What, what what does it need to get so like so far to the edge before you start I don't know. kicking on because clearly it's a mad momentum game though it is, I just got to say it's yeah. huge and the crowd as well were really against Djokovic and he was trying to get them back on side and then Sitter <laughs> actually went down injured at one stage his ankle wasn't it yeah. he turned his ankle and Djokovic went across the court and helped him up and you know trying to get people on side oh good lad he, he did the what full a good lad yeah. oh, he's such a good dude not yeah. by Djokovic yeah. 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 he really really is but he was saying in his press conference after as well that he had a break after the second set I think he was 2-0 down and had a little bit of a chat with himself whatever he said I'm not sure what's but he uh, saying in those instances oh Novak <laughs> yeah. you got to get better here alright Novak I think you're right there <laughs> I think it's time to actually you know, get on with things and possibly win this match you're right Novak do you know what I think it's time to actually go and beat this 10 seed Yannick Sinner uh, by the way uh, Cam Norrie has just completed his victory over David Goffin so uh, there, William and Kate are on number one court there to see this one transpire as well uh, there is a home favourite through to the semi-finals at Wimbledon which has always been a crack uh, for the local crowd there so Cam Norrie 
Murray through to the semi-finals at Wimbledon. Does he play on Djokovic's side of the draw? I think he just uh, he might be. He is indeed. It is Novak Djokovic that so he's going to be playing in the semi-finals. So if Djokovic was unpopular today against Yannick Sinner, by God, mm. by the time that game rolls around with that. Uh, Cameron Norrie he is going to be heel supreme at uh, SW19 but there you go uh, Anz Jabour has been given a bit of a test today she's uh, the highest ranked seed left in the women's draw but not all going to plan for her this evening not quite she lost the opening set against uh, Marie Buskova but she's taken the second and she's uh, three love up in the third Anz Jabour that's against Marie Buskova uh, this evening in today's other quarterfinal in the women's singles Tatiana Maria beat fellow German Julian Niemar by two sets to one the 34 year olds reached the last four at Wimbledon for the first time after giving birth to her second child last April. Uh, yeah, f- just a fantastic tale uh, for Tatiana Maria. The women's draw has been wide open. I know that was covered on uh, OTBAM this morning. Um, but I think Anz Jabour is the one who's going to take this. Here we go. Put my head in the block here. Anz Jabour is going <laughs> to is, is going to be the one to, to go and win it. And she'll probably get knocked out in the semi-finals. Shows what I know, etc, etc. Um, good news, it seems, from uh, the Jonathan Sexton camp. Yes, the Ireland captain is set to be available to play on Saturday second test against New Zealand in Dunedin the out half who went off injured in the first half in last weekend's first test has passed a head injury assessment and trained today and speaking earlier Ireland coach Mike Katz said that uh, Sexton has passed the relevant tests and is good to go for this weekend Q five minutes in and a massive crunching tackle from yeah. one of the New Zealanders doesn't seem, it just doesn't seem no more than the Ronaldo thing a little bit uh, age wise it just I don't and I'm sure they have and again it kind of all plays into all that in the numbers and stats and everything else and data they have available to them Carl says don't mind all that <laughs> yeah, I know I know <laughs> yeah, this that. instance you probably should <laughs> stick oh, to now, that now that it suits Ireland now that it suits Ireland it's imperative that we pay attention to it alright but God. I just don't it seems like I know Rory O'Connor used the phrase at the weekend sleepwalking into another 2019 World Cup but like it's like it just it seems kind of mad like it's just this is going to happen. He's kind of obviously getting to a certain point in his life and there's a certain, I don't want to say proclivity for it, but like it's, uh, it's happened a few times and if he does go off, what is the, pl- what's, the what's the contingency? What's the kind of... Steve, just, Steve, was it Stephen Kisby Green outside? Our resident South African rugby nerd was saying that Kieran Frawley at number 10 and Joey Carberry at 15 is possibly a way forward. Oh God, I don't know. I'll let him. Stand oh my God, up. I'll let him stand that up. I don't know. I don't know. You sounded so downcast about it. Probably says uh, no. I don't, <laughs> absolutely not. No, that's not the specifics <laughs> of it. The fact that you just went. <laughs> oh God, it just it just seems kind of mad that that they'd be kind of thinking right. Well, he has to get back in this weekend again. I was like, what to to what of it to what end? What are you going to learn? What what's the benefit? Wins matches. Yeah, but. Uh, uh, the news round, as I say, brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Uh, unlike yesterday, we've gotten 23 minutes into the show and this is the first mention of the JP Mohannes Pro-Am. Yes, uh, Tiger Woods <laughs> says he feels a lot stronger since earlier on this year. The 15-time major champion is at Adair Manor this week, uh, participating in the JP McManus Pro-Am. Woods is travelling around the course in a golf buggy, but says he's feeling good ahead of next week's Open Championship at St Andrews and it's believed in preparation for the fourth major of the year. Woods will stay in Ireland to play some links courses but he didn't reveal which venues he's set to play there was a bit of a scoff there Arthur as if you've had your fill of J.P. Mimana's Pro-Am talk I never said that I, I, there was a tone to your scoff I heard no. it I heard it <sighs> no I think it's uh, no I was kind of more just remembering last night but um, it was it was um, alright nobody's getting sued it was uh, it's in, it is it's kind of interesting I don't quite get the particulars of all this I just it's it's a lot of people and it's a lot of uh, 
it's a lot of a lot of people who wouldn't get out of bed for not a lot of money. Yeah. And for I, charity though. Yeah. It's all yeah. for charity. No, fair. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of like what I was a thinking. A lot of money. And I know you know, obviously we've had a fair few people down there ourselves, so it's not not as if I'm in a great position to comment. Um, but it seems to get an awful lot of coverage mm. for something that isn't like I it, I saw the coverage today being framed in oh uh, Shane Larry at one point was only three off the lead I'm going who's actually looking at this as a proper sporting event because it ain't because I, I do understand now I do understand the hype and kind of excitement around um, someone like Tiger Woods being here I think that's perfectly legitimate yeah. I think Tiger Woods playing in the tournament I think a lot of those guys playing in the tournament like I don't think that's um, it's, not I think small, that's, it's not small beans no. but I, I don't think yeah I was, I was surprised when I heard it was being televised I was like oh <laughs> okay when you can like when you consider the stuff that mightn't be being, mightn't be televised, yeah. and the fight maybe that like we got the news today that Shamrock Rovers second leg against Hibernians over in the Tack Halley Stadium in in in, uh, in Malta is going to be on RT News now, right? Right. So like it, like that's a week out is and being on RT News now is a bit last minute. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's like oh the JP Man's pro am it's like wall to wall coverage of. Of what? It's not really a. Yeah. It just kind of. I think I can kind of. It does. I mean, you're a big golf fan. What are you? Well, it's a hugely unique event in that you've ten of the top, world's top eleven in Ireland. Like, I mean, it's a better field than most of the events. <laughs> but it's not any. It's not. It's it's a, it's pro am. It's a pro am. Like at the end of the day, that's the that's the. Yeah, but they're all in the same place at the same time. So they're and they're playing golf. So I mean, it is a huge attraction if you are into your golf. Attraction. That's the thing. It's an attraction more than it is a sporting event. And I think that's what people have down there. It's like almost it's a bit of a circus. Yeah, and I don't mean that in a negative it's like you go you go you go to a circus to look at people on the high wire, you go to see the clowns. It's a bit of everything all under one tent. And that's what the pro am is essentially. Hmm. Well, I think the, for the people that are there, like the, all the reports that I've heard is that it's been a hugely positive viewer experience and that it is that little bit more laid back and this kind of interaction with the players as they go around and yeah. stuff like that. And when else would you get the opportunity to see Tiger Woods in close quarters like that play in Ireland? When else, Richie? Shook the man's hand once. Is oh, that yeah. right? There you go. Or <laughs> after this. <laughs> I'm going to leave that dangling out there in the air. Uh, but one last GEA line. Uh, before we get going because this plays into what we have coming up after the uh, the break here yes Pat Ryan is due to be confirmed as the next Cork senior hurling manager tonight the winner of back-to-back All-Ireland titles as Cork under 20 boss has been put forward by the county executive to su- succeed Kieran Kingston a three-year term has been proposed for the 1999 All-Ireland winner and is due to be ratified this evening Kingston of course brought his second stint in charge of the Rebels to an end at the weekend Carl, uh, Arthur thank you so much more from both uh, throughout the course of the night cash machine time 